What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Matt Report, Season 8, Episode 2. And my God, this is probably one of my favorite episodes all season. I told you I'd be doing a lot more roundtables and getting a collection of folks on the call to uh, to chat about the changes of WordPress, good, bad, and otherwise. And I'm excited today and honored, quite quite frankly, to sit down and talk with Jason Resnick, Sarah Dunn, Nathan Elote, uh, folks that are doing some amazing things in the WordPress space, folks that actually committed a lot to the WordPress space, but over the years I found, you know what, maybe, just maybe, branding ourselves as pure WordPress, as a pure WordPress play, isn't the smartest thing to do. So I invited them onto the show to talk about that. So how did they really find that fit of, you know, we're still using WordPress as a tool, but oh, by the way, we're not leading with it with our customers. Um, so just an enlightening conversation there, and they all have a different a different productized and niche down business. And it was great to have that conversation with like-minded folks all at the same call, on the same call and have that discussion. So I hope you learned something of great value and I'm sure you will in this episode. If you do get a chance, I always ask to go and tweet these folks and say, hey, thanks for doing the show. If you get a moment, go ahead and tweet at them. Uh, leave a YouTube comment on Sarah or Nathan's uh, stuff. Check out uh, Jason's Instagram feed. It's, it's on fire. Uh, he's a, he's a fellow, uh, New Yorker, uh, uh, like Gary V and, and these guys are just like on their IG game. I, it's something I have to step up, but Hey, Red Sox are in the world series. Yankees aren't as always. If you do enjoy the show, go ahead and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help us get found. Every podcaster says it. I've said that line a million times, but I really hope you get a chance to head over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Let us know if we're doing okay. This season, uh, really helps with the uh, with the confidence factor here folks uh, in doing a wordpress podcast should we even do wordpress podcasts anymore i think so hope you learned something let's get into the show hey everybody welcome back to season eight of the bat report first round table of this season and in this season well you know the drill we're talking about uh the change of wordpress the, the change of the landscape and the business of wordpress both services and product uh, businesses, base businesses, and I'm pumped for this roundtable. Got a bunch of my friends on this roundtable to talk about uh, the the change that at least maybe I see, maybe others see, and hopefully we can give you some value in the way that you're going to run your business. Maybe you'll make some changes after you listen to this episode or not. We'll find out. Uh, starting from my left, Jason, welcome to the program. Who are you? And what do you do? Thanks, Matt, for having me. Yeah, as you said, my name is Jason. Uh, most people know me as Rez online, but I'm a freelance web developer and I got two sides to my business, one of which is helping other freelancers, especially developers and designers, specialize their business and build recurring revenue, really so that they can live life the way that they want to. But I have a services side of the business as well that helps established online businesses decrease the time for first-time buyers and increases repeat buyers through on-site personalization, smart email automation, and behavioral marketing. Awesome. And season three, coincidentally, kicked off today, right, for your podcast? Yep. Living the feast. Awesome. Awesome. Sarah, for folks who don't know who you are, who are you? What do you do? Hey guys, I'm Sarah Dunn and I run a tiny web agency here from my home office in Michigan. And over about the last year or so, I've been working really hard to specialize my services and get a little bit more specific about who I serve. And through that whole process, I've been vlogging about weekly on my YouTube channel and um, several months ago made the decision to start a branch of my business that specifically offers search engine optimization for the wedding industry. 
So that is what I am mostly focusing on these days, but most of our web work is still centered around WordPress. So I'm really excited to have this discussion. Awesome. Last but not least, Nathan Alote. Nathan, what's happening? I'm so happy. Matt actually said it the right way. So that is a great thing. So thank you for that introduction. But as you mentioned, I'm Nathan, Nathan Alote. Uh, I am a freelance web designer, a digital marketing strategist in Houston, Texas. And more specifically, I've been working with WordPress since 2009. I used to work at a web host agency and then they wouldn't offer certain skills or they wouldn't offer certain teaching to clients. So I said, well, I can teach them. I can build a site. I can do this. So that's how I got into web design. But going from there, I also host a podcast called Freelance Jumpstart. And that is me teaching everything I wish I knew when I first started freelancing and all the mistakes I made. And I'm just sharing how you can avoid all the mistakes I made. So host a podcast, uh, you know, freelance web designer and been working on WordPress for some time. That's awesome. Uh, for folks who weren't listening before the show, because you couldn't, because this is all behind the scenes stuff, uh, I brought this panel together because I think they share uh, one connected view on how they approach their business. Um, they're all doing different various things, but uh, as you heard from the introductions, a lot of them started off, quote unquote, started off in the WordPress space, uh, really uh, dove deep into that community and, and how folks in, in our space do things. I've really segmented themselves in terms of, hey, here's the value I want to provide uh, specific to our, their customer, right? It's, it's not just vanilla WordPress, it's a particular niche or a particular service. And that's what I'm excited to talk about today. The big question on my mind, of course, uh, leading into season eight and throughout season eight, is WordPress, is the WordPress business market changing, both in the service and the product side? And all of our panelists today are gonna to talk about that uh, either in either direction. It doesn't always have to be in the product side, doesn't always have to be in the service side. But Sarah, I'm most interested in you because uh, we recently had uh, an interview in the last uh, season of the Matt Report. We talked about how you went from a generalist to a specialist, uh, and I'm sure a lot of that change uh, and, and discovery that you, that you found going into that was, hey, I'm not going to be that WordPress person that you just hire for whatever you want. I'm going to focus myself in the, in the wedding uh, niche. But give us your take. Do you feel like it's changing, and, and how are you adjusting, or how have you modified your approach to business? Yeah, I think um, a little bit of background. I've been working with WordPress for about six years, so a little bit less than probably some of the people in here and listening, but I never positioned our services as a WordPress agency. It was always web design and marketing. So I, th I think that that has helped. Um, what I've seen recently, I definitely do think that there is a changing and a shift, and I think in my perspective, a lot of that is started around the other website platforms that have really come up in increased in prominence. Um, as I am working in the wedding space, I am really spending a lot of time digging around in Squarespace. Um, that has become a really prominent and popular platform for creative business owners who want to start out with their own website and actually create their own website. And the shift that I see is that more and more agencies and freelancers are shifting into creating websites on this platform and similar ones um, because it's what their clients are asking for and it's easy for them to use. So what I'm seeing right now is the big shift to other platforms that are just easier to use. 
Um, Matt, I know that you talk a lot more about some of the other things that are going on within the WordPress industry, and I don't keep up as much with all of that news. Um, but from the client perspective, that's what I'm seeing is the move away to other platforms that might be better suited to a certain type of business or type of client. Yeah, I mean, when I uh, am a, when I become a critic of the WordPress space, I know sometimes it can feel like it's just a critic of, of sort of WordPress and, and the powers that be. But I, I really feel like uh, little changes that happen as they happen at scale. One person moves, starts offering Squarespace, the next person starts offering Squarespace, another person starts offering Wix. It seems like these little micro transactions that are happening, but at scale, it, it starts to dilute the process. And I feel like WordPress has this grand, or Matt Mullenweg has this grand uh, approach to go with 50% of the web uh, and higher. It's going to be really tough to hold on to that uh, piece of the pie when so many people are being influenced by other uh, other platforms that are out there. Jason, freelancers, developers, people who are just starting out their careers, they might not be experienced developers. They're trying to get to that level. They're trying to be better coders, more diligent, uh, more comments, better versioning control, that kind of thing. And then they have to teach people how to use WordPress. And at the same time, they're trying to balance all of these things. I saw you sort of nod your head when uh, Sarah mentioned, boy, WordPress still isn't that easy. Um, how do you balance that uh, as more of the developer side or speaking to a lot more developers uh, in the space? How do you get them to say, no, no, WordPress is still pretty good as a, as a tool in your tool belt. Um, how, do they, how do you balance it? Or, or do you recommend that folks look at other platforms depending on what the customer needs? Yeah, I mean, I've, the way that I always looked at it was, <clears throat> I think you need to have the technology fit the business, not the other way around. And I've always believed that. And I came from a Java world, Ruby on Rails world, uh, custom PHP development. And so I was tasked with, especially early on starting out, any, any number of different kinds of different projects. Um, and no matter what I wanted to work in, sometimes that didn't really suit the client's needs as well as it could have, or I was shoehorning things in there when, well, maybe it wasn't right. So I always try to suggest to people, what does the business need? What's their problem? And what's the right solution? And look at it from almost like a human perspective, not necessarily a technology perspective. And, you know, to, to, to Sarah's point, when I decided to niche down at that time, I was doing all of those things, Ruby on Rails, Java, custom PHP. And what my clients were asking for was an easier way to manage the content on their website. And so WordPress at that time, and now this is like, 2012, 2011, that was the rising star there, right? People were starting to hear WordPress and they were asking for WordPress. So for me, it made sense instead of writing my own CMS, which I was doing plenty of times, to offer WordPress as the solution that my clients were asking for. So now I hear similar things. I hear Squarespace, I hear Craft CMS, I hear some of the other CMS products out there that are a little bit more lightweight. They're a little bit more, I don't want to say user-friendly because that's not really the right term, but 
they can ramp up the clients that don't have any sort of technological skills. They can ramp up faster with it. Um, and it's easier from the perspective of the business to help them in that way. Now, as a developer, I get a lot of pushback in other developer communities being a WordPress developer myself, right? Like they're just like, Oh, that's not real development, or whatever. Right. Like I hear it all the time, but from my perspective is, is that it depends on what you're doing with it. Are you just, you know, hacking at core and hacking at plugins and stuff. Yes, that's, I see that all over the place. But if you're actually using the technology and using the stack properly and building on top of that, I've built some great applications for great clients with it. So it does suit the needs. It does do what you need it to do, but look at the overall business needs and the problem that you're solving for your clients first, before you try to figure out what, the, sol the technical solution is. Nathan, I'm going to kick it over to you. What are your thoughts on the change uh, of, let's say, the freelancer or boutique agency space? Do you see sort of, you know, this, this what we just mentioned about sort of people starting to look at other tools affecting how people are pricing projects? Or are we getting less of the entry-level price point projects nowadays? Um, how do you see it from your perspective? Yeah, from my perspective, there definitely is a shift. Um, as it was already stated, people are moving towards things like Wix, Squarespace, Webflow, different things of that nature. Uh, and I remember I tried all of those things when they first came out and I was like, this is not enough. This is not going to, you guys are way behind. And they've caught up very quickly. And you can see by their marketing who they're targeting. They're trying to target the uh, entrepreneur or the business owner who wants to quickly just get up information and then move forward. And, you know, we see WordPress, whether it be through plugins, uh, you know, try to mimic that, if you will, the whole, uh, what you see is what you get interface or, you know, click and drag. Uh, and they're trying to come at it from a design standpoint. And I definitely see that in a lot of prominence in that. Uh, also, this has changed people's perception on what it is that WordPress developers and designers actually do. So for example, they may come and say, I need a website. Um, it's $19 a month with Squarespace. Why are you charging me fill in the blank? Um, or it's, well, I saw a commercial with Wix and it had my favorite influencer on it. Um, it's easy. Quick sidebar. It's funny, those influencer commercials, they put everything they can into their websites, but a lot of people get in there and they just, they're confused as well. So it's a quick sidebar, but I do see a shift in moving towards, I guess you could say, uh, more usability for the person to literally open the platform and begin building. Uh, no more fumbling through support documents or reading, the, you know, reading a lot of support documents through the core or scanning through the codex of some sort. Uh, a lot of it is people want their website to look nice, look pretty, and they're trying to accommodate that. But uh, Jason even spoke to it a little bit. There's a lot more to a website than just how it looks. And there's some different things to consider. Um, I know the conversations I have with clients early on is I always try to figure out what their next step is. Building a web page is easy. I can build one in Webflow. I can build one in Wix. I can build one in Squarespace, which I've used all in the past. And I can build one in WordPress. But the conversation changes when people try to do added functionality. 
then the conversation really shifts. But there's a shift in terms of aesthetics, but, it, but in the background, in terms of development and how it works, that's a whole nother conversation, I believe. I want to move to some, uh, some hard benefits that we can give audience listeners right now. So if they're taking a step back and they're listening to this conversation, they say, boy, I think they're right. I think, uh, the, the, I think we can all agree that the days of just labeling yourself generic WordPress developers is long gone in most circles. Um, although I maybe argue at the higher end, you can still label yourself a WordPress developer and get some pretty high-end jobs. Uh, but from the base level, from the fundamental level, we're all trying to push ourselves to be specialists. Another hidden reason why I've selected the three of you to be on this panel is because you all do a lot with social media, with YouTube, uh, with podcasting, with Instagram stories. Uh, Nathan, you do your YouTube series. Series Generally, I'm watching you in your car. Uh, driving somewhere. I never know where you're driving, in fact, but you're driving somewhere. Um, I want to know from you, and again, I'll start with Nathan, uh, since you just spoke, what are some, some quick wins that you found in the last year or so through social video, podcasting, audio, that if people are, are looking to specialize and are looking to find a better foothold in this space, what can they do that you've learned in the last year or so? Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> where am I driving? Houston, Houston has a lot of traffic, so it takes a long time <laughs> to get anywhere, but that's another story. Uh, but yeah, so I have been doing a lot of podcasting videos and different things of that nature. And it's really just to assert yourself as an authority. Um, a lot of people think that uh, the content is already out there, so why should I do it? But uh, your, your unique perspective, your unique voice, and it's just an avenue to really show what it is that you do know. So if you're trying to target a particular area or specialty, it almost doesn't matter um, what platform or avenue you use, but you definitely do need to have some information out there. It's very easy to do a podcast. It's literally audio like we're doing now. You can talk about a particular subject and maybe not everyone will flock to it and you get a million downloads, but if someone's interested in working with you and they see you have that, it reinforces that you know what you're talking about. Same thing with video. Um, it doesn't matter if you are doing or teaching a particular subject on video. Uh, if you want to do a screen share of some steps or teach a particular skill that leads into working with you, uh, that works well. For example, um, a lot of people, it's been exploding with podcasts. Podcasts are everywhere uh, and they're all over the place. So you could easily, uh, say, I want to write some material about how to create a podcast. You could be the one to create a podcast for a company that can be your in with a particular company. Or you could do a screen share, record it, and just say, I'm going to walk through the process of how to set up a podcast, walk through the process of how to distribute your podcast to over um, 12 different podcast services. The list goes on, but really uh, it's assert yourself as authority and just show an example of what it is you know. I think a lot of times as creatives, we assume it's been done before, but when someone comes to your website or discovers who you are, it's their first time they're getting to know who you are and what it is that you do. So don't think about doing it to become popular. Think about it when you get a potential client and you need to, it's 2 a.m., right? And they're looking at your website. You're not awake. What content do you have that speaks to your processes and shows you actually do know what you're talking about and you can help them? Yeah, that's awesome. Sarah, for folks who can't see the trash can behind the camera on every single YouTube episode, 
how have you been able to keep consistency going on YouTube because you do an amazing job at that? Oh, thank you. Um, you know, I've really loved my YouTube series and it's honestly not something that I do to get clients. Um, I'm just trying to speak to other freelancers about how hard it is to specialize and just to be real about that and share what I've been doing. Um, so the desire to keep going with that is kind of just a desire to document where I came from and, and where I'm headed to next. And I look back on some of the videos from six months ago and I just laugh at some of the things that I was saying and, and how some of it has actually come true too. Um, so that has been really fun. Um, what's interesting though, as we're talking about these other ways to do outreach to clients is I think that this could be a good way for former WordPress only freelancers to expand their services or offer something in a different area. Cause I've actually been asked if I do YouTube consulting, um, can you help me set up a channel? Um, can you help me figure out what I need to talk about? So these are some ancillary services. If people are feeling like the WordPress type business is going down, these are good things to maybe start learning and see what you're interested in to add on for a specific type of client who might need it. Maybe it's Instagram consulting, maybe it's YouTube, maybe it's podcast consulting, but if you can figure out what market you want to serve, and use that to kind of guide you into what other services you can offer to kind of bolster your services if you feel like the WordPress work isn't there. Um, I think that's all good things. It really positions you as a marketing person instead of just a designer or developer. And Jason, uh, you know, you and I have known each other for years now and, and always going back and forth with, with podcasting, YouTube live stuff, now Instagram stories, you have a membership where you do, you're doing webinars and stuff. Uh, talk, talk to us about, you know, what are those, what are those avenues of media that you found the best results in? Um, and where do you sort of advise people to go to stand, sort of stand out in this, in this sort of crowded industry? Yeah, I mean, I'm a notorious experimenter. I'll give myself a platform for a couple of months and see what it can do for my business. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, I love podcasting. I always fall back on it. Um, I have two podcasts. One's a daily podcast. One's a season podcast. But for me, it's all about finding the questions that either my service clients have or other freelancers have and trying to jump into the conversations. Cause I mean, it, it's a social media, right? Like it's a cocktail party. You gotta be able to contribute in some sort of way. But as a side effect for my services business, especially when I look for specific technologies or vendors or something of that nature where they're having problems, where their customers are having problems, Social media is where they're going to complain about it. And you can easily jump into the mix, into the conversation. And like Nathan said, show your authority, show that you know what you're talking about by helping them out, sending them a link, sending them, you know, a resource that's on the vendor's website before the vendor can actually get there. Right. Like, and you start to stand out in that area. And I've built a big portion of my business by doing that for years, just on Twitter. Um, but you know, as far as podcasting goes, I love podcasting. I think if you're trying to specialize and you're trying to quote unquote, hack the game a little bit and get yourself standing out in, in that space, become a podcaster in that niche podcasters is still growing and every niche doesn't necessarily have one. Maybe it does, but who cares? 
and bring other folks that are on in that niche on your show. And that's like a massive networking tool that you can do where you can show what you know about that, but then that other person now knows about you and they share, Hey, you know, Jason, Matt, you know, they, they had the show, they brought me on. We talked about X, Y, and Z and he knows what he's talking about. Maybe he can help you out with his services. So for me, you have to kind of be out there. You have to, you know, show some of your personality because that's what we're, we are, we're, we're people, right? And we're not just machines and automation and all that stuff. And I do love automation. I have a big part of my business, but it's about your personality and attracting who you want to work with and sort of repelling the people that you don't want to work with. Uh, Sarah, Nathan, I'll give you a second to think about this question, but how do you sort of do the cold email, the cold connection, the cold tweet to somebody to say, hey, uh, love what you do, would love to work with you, would love to have you on my podcast or, or YouTube series. I know for me, when I started uh, The Matt Report, it, the, first guest I, was the, only, the first guest was the only guest I knew for like 20 episodes, because after that, I was, I was you know, literally stalking people on Twitter, like, who's talking about WordPress? Who have I been following on Twitter that, that talks about WordPress all the time? And just, you want to be on this podcast about WordPress? There was like two at the time. Now there's like 68. But at the time, it was just easy to say, hey, I'm talking about WordPress. I'm talking about the business side of WordPress. Do you want to come on the show? And literally just knocked on doors. and got a lot of people who said no in the beginning. Um, and I just sent links, sent to examples like Jason had mentioned. But any, any insights or any wins for either of you? And either, either of you can hop on this. Uh, to answer that, but what do you have for your cold email or your knock on the door? Uh, yeah, I'll go. No, for me, I would say I always make sure to find a common connection. Uh, it doesn't matter what that common connection is. Uh, I, to anybody listening, do not be lazy. Uh, find a common connection, even if you all uh, eat at the same restaurant. I ate McDonald's. I like McDonald's too. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, find a common connection because uh, that is really the entry point to say, I'm not just some random person emailing you going through a large Excel file. Um, I actually care to talk to you, and I think your perspective and your view is important, and we have this in common. Going on from there, I take the time to actually look at somebody's uh, web presence, site, or content, even if I don't know them. So if I really want somebody on my podcast, then I have to take the time to go to this site, read their site, see exactly what it is they do, and then even watch a couple of their videos. That way, when I say something to the effect of, you know, I'll use this as an example. If I say something to the effect of, you know, Sarah, I really like the way you talked about repositioning yourself and niching down. I really, I really liked your video on, and I actually watched it. And to prove I watched it, I say a quote or something that was actually in the video. I know people have contacted me and tried that, and my next response is, what video did you watch, or what video do you like? And then I never hear from them, because they didn't watch anything. So if you really wanna reach somebody and talk to someone, it's first being genuine and authentic, right? So be yourself, be genuine, be authentic, but also, again, find something in common, and then look at their content and reference it. Uh, and just do that in an authentic way, and that's worked for me tons of time. After that, it's just scheduling. It's whether or not it works for them and try to find the best time for them. I use Calendly as a link to try to schedule different things. So after that, it's just a matter of time. Uh, I've, I've had people tell me no, 
And then I finally got a yes from them a year later because the timing was better. So that's also a part of it as well. It's a patience game too. I think that's great. Um, I've actually kind of approached it from the opposite direction because I don't have guests on my videos and I don't have a podcast, but I have been pitching within my niece to be within the niche to be on other podcasts um, and to possibly do some guest posting. So I do something similar where I actually do listen to a couple episodes of a podcast if I want to um, submit myself as a guest and um, try to reference one that I liked a lot for any particular reason so that they know I'm not just sending the same email to 50 podcasts trying to get on anything. I'm specifically interested in what they have to offer. Um, and guesting on podcasts has been an amazing way to make connections and um, find prospects within a brand new niche for me. So that's been working really well. That's awesome. I'm glad you're finding some success uh, in that. As we sort of wrap up this round table, uh, I want to do some kind of, I don't really have a, a title for it, but sort of like a lightning round hot seat sort of thing, kind of starting with Jason. Cause Jason, you've been, you've, you've been witness to some of my failures <laughs> like this before. So let's start with you. Um, all of us are looking to improve in our business. We're, we're about halfway or so a little bit more than halfway throughout uh, 2018. Uh, what are the, What's the one thing you're working on personally uh, in your business or maybe in your personal life, uh, if, you, if you care to share, what's that one goal you're working for towards that you would encourage other people or challenge other people listening to this to say, here's what I'm working on, here's what you should, work it on, you should be working on, what do you have? Well, I guess this kind of bridges the gap, but I'm trying to work on a split schedule. So work in the morning, take the the like lunchtime time, maybe between 11 and two off, and then work the afternoon. Been struggling with it, but <laughs> but that for me, that's, that's what I'm sh trying to get towards by the end of the year. And that's shifting time slots around, like you know, Nathan said about Calendly, you know, going back into those events and kind of shifting my time availability to it, but also to essentially tell my clients that this is what I'm doing, right? I'm not going to be available these hours during the day um, because I want to be able to spend more time with my family, right? It's when TJ's up and he's, you know, we do other things. We go outside now that it's summer and, you know, it's no snow on the ground and all that stuff. So I want to enjoy that. I want to, you know, enjoy the fact that I own my own business and not sitting at the screen all the time. So that's what I'm trying to work on. And if anybody's got any tips on that, let me know. That's awesome. Sarah? You know, I think a great thing to work on, and of course, something that I've been doing, is just to be more mindful of what kind of work you're enjoying. Um, going into the next few months, you know, just thinking about which projects were your favorite um, and why. And I, I'm not going to tell everyone they need to niche down, even though I think it's awesome. Um, it, at least you can, I think a lot of people look at it and go, I don't even know what kind of work was my favorite. I don't know where to start. So at any point, no matter what someone's goal is, I think paying attention to your favorite projects and just making a few notes about what you liked about them is a really good way to set yourself up for the future and start thinking about what kind of work you might want moving forward. And Nathan. Yeah, for me, I always end up doing too many things at one time. <laughs> that's, that's a blessing and a curse. But 
uh, for me, it's choosing to focus on one thing and making sure that thing moved towards your goal. More specifically, uh, I've been building what they call a product ladder, um, a product pyramid. Uh, it doesn't matter what you want to call it, but uh, different stages and different products for customers based upon where they are at in the journey. So for example, this is inside information. So like not many people know this, but uh, for me personally, um, yes, I offer uh, web design services. I've been doing that for a long time and been using WordPress to facilitate that. Uh, but not everyone is always ready for a website. So um, literally towards the beginning of this year, I started doing, I don't know why I never did this, but I started doing uh, road mapping sessions in consulting as its own individual productized service. So maybe someone's not ready for a website where an entry point is, let's have a conversation. Let's plan out what it is you need to do so that you can work with me or someone else. But this plan applies to that. And I don't know why I never did that. I was aware of it. I just never offered it and, you know, breaking that down. So they have the road mapping then they can work with me, but also on the other end, I'm offering just if I can analyze somebody's website and say, uh, let me review your onboarding and see what needs to be fixed. I never offered that. I don't know why um, I did for my clients, but not just as its own standalone product. And, and even lower till from all those things, uh, I'm actually working on a book to talk about user experiences and how to create the perfect web page, if you will. And that's a book. That's a book. That's a, it can be an ebook. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be a couple uh, video series, but just an entry point that's low so someone can get a preview to who you are. Because I'm starting to find the larger clients I really want to target, you need an entry point. And if I can have like a low cost product to someone say, this guy knows what he's talking about, then the road mapping can come, then the full service can come, then the follow-up can come. So I would say work on some type of product pyramid or just diversification of services at different price levels so people can work with you. So yeah, that's been something big I've been working on. That sounds amazing. I think setting the expectations with a, with a client right out of the gate. So before they even contact you is just, it's just massive uh, to, uh, well, of course, set the expectations, but just set the whole pre-sales process off and they know what you're going to do. You know what they're, they're going to ask of you and it, you don't get into any of those gray areas. Uh, this has been an amazing panel. I can't thank you all enough for doing this stuff. Um, season eight. It's about the change of WordPress. What do we do with this change uh, and how do we uh, change our businesses to uh, weather, weather the storm a little too harsh? I don't know. Uh, weather the storm or, or at least weather the next year or so and position ourselves in a, better, in a better place for our businesses. Again, starting from my left, Jason, where can folks find you to say thanks? Yeah, um, at, at Rez with three Zs on Twitter and Rez.com. I always go one two, three, three. <laughs> and I, and I, every time I do it with one, with my index finger, <laughs> like, like how I type in. Bang. Uh, uh, Sarah. Um, I would love to connect with anyone on Twitter at Sarah11D and um, you can find my YouTube or my website at sarah-dunn.com. And you did get, a, you get rid of the, the, uh, the uh, garbage can, right? You actually have a proper tripod now, right? I have a real tripod now. There right, it is right there. Now. For folks who don't know, I think your first, what, 50 episodes, 50 episodes, the camera was on the trash can, right? It was, yep. Just trying okay. to get her done. For those of you that just were like, what are you talking about, trash can? Uh, my favorite, uh, my favorite in the car vlogger, Nathan, where can folks find you to say thanks? Yeah, you can go to NathanAlote.com. That's N-A-T-H-A-N-A-L-L-O-T-E-Y. 
freelancejumpstart.com. And if you're tired of trying to figure out how to spell my last name, uh, just go to freelancejumpstart.com. That'll get you there too. Um, or Freelance Jumpstart TV because it's a video and it's a podcast, whatever, as long as you get there. Uh, same on Twitter is Nathan Lote uh, on Twitter. And yeah, no matter how you reach out to me, Twitter, YouTube, whatever it might be, um, I definitely respond to all of those. So that's that's been my goal this year as well. If somebody reaches out to me, respond. So yeah, feel free to reach out. You know what you could do is you could be like uh, the car riding service for for people who want to learn how to design websites. So you'd be like 50 times more expensive than an Uber ride. But by the time you're done, you know how to build a website. That's true. Or I could uh, do something dangerous and build while I drive. Yeah. Yeah, that, that could be, that probably won't last long. Yeah, but, that won't uh, last long, yeah. but it makes for great TV. Uh, everybody else is Mariport.com, Mariport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes if you haven't already. It really helps us podcasters keep this thing going. It just feel good. Uh, and I, you know, I just want to keep, uh, keep seeing those numbers go up. It's an amazing thing. Again, Mariport.com slash subscribe, YouTube.com slash The Matt Report. We'll see you in the next episode.